The Business Without Boundaries podcast is for multi-passionate entrepreneurs who crave the freedom to create a career in life on their own terms. Because we know that the next best thing to having a business that allows you to work whenever and wherever you want is having a company that rewards you well for your time and talent invested. All right, everyone, welcome to the Business Without Boundaries podcast. Today, I have the fabulous Shannon from The Social Bungalow. Um, Thank you for joining me today. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm stoked. Yeah, super exciting. So you and I connected on Instagram. I seem to be connecting with a lot of people on Instagram these days, and um, it's kind of where I hang out most. So, and just really loved, like, you have such a, a personality behind what you post and like you just approach it in a really fun way so um it caught my attention and then we ended up chatting and um i like i got on your email list because of a new well new at the time freebie that you had available and i just i love the way that you communicate so can you tell me a little bit more about your story and what you do yeah well first off thanks for saying that any compliment about me being fun is the best Um, So I am a marketing and business strategist. I come from a 10-year corporate career doing marketing for multi-million dollar companies and A-list celebrities, but making the grades even greater was only so fulfilling for so long. And of course, talking a little bit uh, realistically, making a fixed amount of income stuck at a nine to five is only so great for so long. So I started side hustling as most of us do, and I built the social bungalow, just started freelancing, getting my feet wet and really seeing what was right for me. And then when I was clear on my vision, I built it and made my runway and I left corporate. I've been running my company for a year now and um, we're just rocking and rolling. So I help female entrepreneurs with service-based businesses or coaching programs, structure their program suite, and then plan for profit because it truly, you can market all day, but if you're not set up appropriately, you're wasting time, money, and energy to have people land on a page that they're confused by and not convert. So we get everything foundationally set up and then we create custom marketing plans and just skyrocket them. It's all about up-leveling and finding a six-figure year. Yeah, that's really awesome because I know like, I come from a media background like where it was blogging, freelance writing, and all of that, and there's such a different style to producing content that's more in that media entertainment realm versus like now you have a business you have a service to sell and switching gears on how you communicate so that you're tying it back to forming a relationship and making a sale instead of focusing so um putting so much emphasis on building that audience yeah that's so well said because so much so you know if you're building a big campaign for a company let's think about nike it's just the cool factor yeah there's a shoe to buy but it's all about the commercial the swish the music but when you're an entrepreneur just creating a landing page for your new opt-in for example that is so much more tugging on the heartstrings and talking specifically to one woman in a very um structured solution-based way right yeah and even just like you know using the language to let people know that you have an offer available because so many right. of us kind of forget, like, or we we feel a little bit apologetic. Like I was just talking with Leah Larey, a sales expert, about our tendency to feel apologetic when we start to shift to asking for a sale or talking about money and and selling to people. And really, I mean, we're we're in business. Sales are part of it, and so that's something that um, I think it's easy to shy away from. But you can you can get comfortable and embrace it in a really authentic, fun way without it feeling so high pressure. 
Absolutely. Yep. That's so well said. And it really is just an energy exchange. If you're a woman working with women, you both need each other for whatever that purpose is. And yeah, there's money passing hands, but really it's, I have been educated here and I'm going to help you go from A to B much faster versus zigzagging all over the place to save you so much time from, you know, Googling at university, getting your PhD (laughs) and being able to, yeah, let me take your hand and, and help you get there. And so um, yeah, there's selling, but I find that when we sit down and really say, this is how much you need to make to make ends meet. Okay. Now here's your profit margin. Here's your profit and loss. Here's what we want to be making. Now, what is this scope of work? Because we're not exchanging time for money. So what is the scope of work and what is the value of the transformation? Okay. Here's the, you know, dollar sign attached to it. Does this make sense? Wow. Yeah, it does. And now that that woman has all of the backing and knowledge of this is why I need to make this much on this program. She's so much more confident going into it. Right. And again, like you said, that value exchange, like when you're, when you're focusing as like you're, you're as an entrepreneur, you're in business to solve a problem and you're not, helping anybody with any of their problems if you're holding back and so focusing like whether you're on social media whether you know we're going to get into building an email list but I think like at the core of it all is relationships and like where can you foster that relationship most effectively I know that everybody um, spends a lot of time on social media and that's a lot of like out to the public facing communications so and it can like that's kind of like your introduction like hey guys I'm kind of fun to hang out with you know if you're at a party and like kind of that intro level communications and you start to build a deeper relationship and then everybody hears it like the powers in your list like getting people on your email list so where do you fall in that whole um topic Yeah, I am a big um, in the camp of social media is rented land and your email list makes you a homeowner. So sure, you know, social media could go down one day. I don't see it happening anytime soon, but your own Instagram, for example, could get shut down for no apparent reason and you have to rebuild from scratch. And you might remember some handles, but you're not going to have all, you know, how many thousand people. So if you're getting them onto your email list over to your website and just building and fostering that community on your terms, it is just a smarter way to build your business. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, we've known that was a couple of weeks ago now when Facebook and Instagram were down completely or people that get mistakenly hacked and end up getting flagged as bots, whatever it may be. Um, it's risky to have all your eggs in one basket, so to speak. And again, like the way that I've been able to find some more fun social media again, other than just trying to build numbers is to see what kind of quality connections I can make on there and then kind of invite them to a next level of um, interaction with me. So for me, it's been like inviting people on my podcast or whatnot. And then, yeah. So I think um, using social media as a tool to invite them to, like you said, your I love the analogy between rented property and being a homeowner. Like actually, like let's say you're meeting people out, quote unquote, but you know, air quotes for people that can't see me, and then actually inviting them into your home, which is your email list, where you have more control over how you communicate and what what content you're putting out there. Yeah, and that is a really great. Um ongoing example of this metaphor because when somebody does come into your home you're hosting them you've got you know the hors d'oeuvres and the wine everything set up for them to have a great experience for you to really build that friendship and you can't provide that to them you're not going to bring a picnic basket everywhere you go out in the world when you're shaking hands and kissing Could you babies. imagine so, <laughs> yeah. i would love to meet that person if they right. do that let's be <laughs> yeah 
but in all realness, that's not going to happen. Like we're not running around, like passing out. Yeah. And I think that goes back to like the concept of push versus pull marketing. So like when you're building an effective email list and you're attracting people to you into that next level of relationship with you, like you're not bothering people by sending them emails or inviting them onto your list. Like they're interested in what you have to say. They're probably interested in your freebie or, you know, whatever you're giving them in exchange for your email list. And so we don't need to be as shy about like, Hey, they signed up because they wanted to hear from us. Now let's not feel apologetic about actually sending them things. But there's a lot yeah. of confusion, I think, about like, how often should I email people? How should I structure? What, what does it even mean? To, like, first off, how do I get people on my list? And then once they're there, what do I do with them? Right, very well <laughs> said. Well, let's jump into that. Um, I, because I'm a foundations-based person, I have a couple things that I wanna say before we go into the list building strategy. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So let's just talk about spam filters for a quick moment. If you aren't aware, here are a few things just to be careful of. So you do not want to overuse exclamations in your headline or in your subject line or in the whole body of your email. Be careful with your salesy words such as free or cheap or discounted, um, anything like that. Even though sometimes you, it is a free ebook, sometimes it is a discounted program. You just want to be limited with those words and try to keep them out of your headline. Percentages over 100% easily get flagged by the spam filter. So if you say like, even if you're very honestly just writing something like, let's give 150% today, they're going to see that and it's going to look spammy and they'll flag you for it. Oh, that's a good tip. Yeah, and then lastly, just don't add more than one to two images or videos in the body copy because it, again, will just look spammy and they'll wonder what is it that you're stuffing in this email that's coming to the person. I don't know if I want to deliver it. Right. Yeah. Cause I know spam filters are something that like, they kind of seem to be a mystery. I'm like, okay, so it's going to my spam folder. Maybe do I need to switch email providers? Do I need to like, there's all this like guesswork and like, you know, never mind your open rate. Like that's beyond first you got to actually make sure it's making it to people's inboxes and not getting, right. you know, left in, in some sort of forgotten folder. Yeah, in the ether of like page two of Google, essentially, that nobody will ever go to. Yeah, exactly. It's in the mythical cloud. We don't know what happened to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and with that, I know a lot of people still send out like, hey, make sure to whitelist my emails. It's really not necessary anymore since over 70% of users are on Gmail. Gmail, one of the first times that it sends your email to the user will pop up with a little hey, I have some concerns. Does this look good or does it look like spam? And the moment that that user hits looks good, it's going to come to their priority box every time. Nice. So that's more so what you want to coach them to do than you know, the whole whitelist thing that we had to do a few years ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I also wanted to say some must-dos um, that are easily forgotten are make sure that you use the personalization options that your email marketing software provides. And that's like, you know, first name here. So you're sending out an email to 200 people but saying, hey there, versus, hey, Sarah, hey, Sarah is going to get 70% more of an open rate. That's what they say, which is awesome. And um, always use your preview text. So that is when you see the inbox, it's from so-and-so, this is the subject line, and then there's that little more uh, lighter line after the subject line. That's the preview text. And if you don't place the preview text in, it's going to automatically pull in the, hey, Sarah, here's your freebie line, which sometimes is fine. But if your first sentence isn't as eye-catching as your subject line, then it's just going to 
make them not want to click on it as much. It's not going to be as irresistible of a click. Right. So you always want to say, here's this irresistible reason subject line, and then here's the secondary part of that irresistibility on this subtext, this preview text. Okay, so that's um, like supporting... Like, you know, you, you capture the attention and the supporting details of that, like, makes them want to read more. 100%. You can almost play off of each other like it is a subtitle, headline and subtitle. Right. Okay. Play. And the keep, so keep your email list clean by removing inactive subscribers. And that's people who haven't opened an email from you in, say, six months' time. And it's very similar to ghost followers on Instagram. So, for example, you've got these people following you and they're kind of padding your follower rate. But because your email is only being sent or your post on Instagram is only being sent out to five to 10% of your community, if those ghost subscribers are within that percentage, they are keeping the active viewers' eyes away from your post. And with your email, yes, it's going to send out to all 100 people, but your email service provider is speaking to, say, Gmail. And Gmail is saying, hey, she sent this to 2,000 people and only 10% opened. And so I have some concerns here. I don't know if, if this is correct, if I want to keep delivering this. Maybe it's not as trustable. So if those inactive subscribers are padding that 2,000, for example, they're going to bring down your open rate and they're going to give you a personal little self-worth issue. Like, why is nobody opening my email? And they're going to tell Gmail, yeah, maybe I don't want to trust this email provider. So always be careful. Always keep it clean. Do not get hung up on the number. It's just like we're all coming around the mountain to follower count is not as important as it used to be. It's all about that engagement and that open rate. Yeah, I was just going to say that a lot of people are like, they they get all excited because like, let's say their follower count or their email list hurts, hits a certain number and they're like, Oh, I've got 200 people on my list. Like obviously now I'm going to be able to make sales, but it doesn't matter if 150 of them are let's say completely unrelated from previous offers or even previous businesses sometimes because we just shift things around. And so like, releasing ourselves from the value on the total number count and looking more at like how much impact is this having are people engaging like are people listening and if you can play with those i guess numbers for lack of a better word but then you're really gonna be able to measure your impact a lot more than just the basic okay i have x amount of subscribers or x amount of followers Absolutely. That is so sad. I couldn't agree more. And to add to it, if you have the 200 followers and 150 of them opted in for a freebie that had to do with, you know, let's say your food and beverage and it had to do with chips and salsa, and then you're trying to hardcore sell them a grill set and it has nothing to do with each other, for example, um, all those 150 people who are over here interested in your snack recipes are not going to want to buy the entree recipes, the grill mess, or whatever it is that you're doing. So you want to keep them as synonymous as possible and make sure that you're sending your list, which we'll get into more. Yeah. Okay. That's good advice. So now we know, keep your list clean. We also know, write a killer subject line that doesn't send things to spam filters, how to avoid that, and to use that preview text to encourage an, an open of that email. So what would you yeah. do like for somebody who's just thinking about like, all right, maybe a freebie, maybe that's a good, you know, way incentive to get people to sign up. Um, yeah. How would they go about even setting that up? Yeah, great question. So a lot of times everybody kind of preaches, have a freebie, have something that they want to opt into so that the um, you know, the thing that they're paying me with their email address, which is pretty precious nowadays, because we're all inundated, is an easy conversion, they, they quickly want to give that to you. And so you start by saying, okay, what is 
really going to speak to my tribe? What's something they're really going to want? And that's one layer of it. But once you create that, let's just say it's a PDF, once you get that PDF made and saved, actually deploying it and getting those emails is a whole different story. So different email softwares provide the option to build out a landing page or a form within the software themselves, and they will actually host it for you so you don't need a website. But if you don't go down that path or your service provider doesn't have that, you need to create some sort of a landing page for them to opt in to receive it. Yes, you can do the whole send me a DM if you want this freebie, but that's only going to go so far for so long. Um, and you, it will really kind of cut you off at the knees in, in essence of building your list to where you want it to be. So you want to build a landing page. And with that landing page, you want to remove all distractions and barriers to entry to receive that email. So you want to re repeat the fact that this is completely free. Um, simply ask for their name and their email, do not ask for phone number or last name. Do not make it too detailed. You want it to be super simple. Again, barriers to entry and just keep it clean and clear. And when they get to that page, because they were already interested enough in the headline of what it was, give them one to two more sentences about how awesome this free thing is and let them opt in. Because the more that they're reading, it's not a sales page. You do not want to treat this like a long form copy or like you're selling a big solution. It's just, here's the thing. Here's another reason why you want it. Here's your email. I'm going to send it right to you. Right. Short, snappy. Like I, that's the sound effect, guys. I just snapped. <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, you think about it too. Like we're all inundated with so much information. And the last thing that we want to do is like, especially for a free resource is like basically be sold. Because I mean, it's right. free. We don't have to sell anybody. If they're interested, they're going to sign up. And in doing so, they know that they're going to be signing up for more useful information from us. So I think that people, I, I've seen a lot of people put a lot of pressure on this freebie and getting it exactly right and building like the over tendency is to pack it full of so much information and overwhelm people and it becomes a huge document and then you have to you do feel like you have to write this huge sales page to let people know look at all this value that i'm giving you for free and really it just makes people want to be like oh fuck it i'm taking a nap i'm not signing up for this this feels like work not 100%. that quick exchange of a, a fantastic freebie is a quick exchange of information it's just one small step on an overall client journey so and preferably right at the beginning of where you can meet them to solve their problem. Yeah, you just want to get down to that brass tacks. And to double back on your question as far as the landing page goes, if your software doesn't provide the ability to get it, you'll want to, you've got a few options. You've got things like lead pages, which is a website that allows you to create landing pages. You pay them a monthly fee and you can create you know, a certain amount per package. And those sync with a lot of the email marketing softwares that you're going to have. They have a ton of integrations. So if you have landing pages and have ConvertKit for your email software, for example, they'll speak to each other seamlessly so that the opt-in sends to your email software and the email software knows to automatically send out that email. Um, but then if you want to do it from your website, if you have a WordPress website, you can create a new page for it. Or if you have a Squarespace website, you can very easily make a new landing page, put a form, and that form will talk to the email software. So you just need some sort of a landing page builder in order to get this done. Right. And I know if you're doing, like, if you're at that level where you're running Facebook ads, you can set them up so that people, like, it will automatically populate and it will go straight there. So for you know your target audience, you know your, you want to test out maybe a couple freebie ideas or whatever, that's a pretty quick, cheap way to get those immediate results and, and then, you know, balance that off of some organic traffic as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great suggestion. I didn't think to bring that up because you are paying for it kind of on a one-off um, exchange, but it is, if you have the budget to keep it going, 
fabulous way. And if you want to do that just to test out how your freebie is converting to the same audience, but two freebies, same audience, or one freebie, two different audiences to test those different aspects, Facebook ads is an awesome way to do that. Yeah. And that's a whole, like, you can fall down the rabbit hole of Facebook ads quite quickly. And <laughs> so let's not, um, yeah, we could have like a whole separate podcast episode on that. But, um, I mean, I, I do, especially because like before you're ready to scrap your freebie or scrap your list building strategy, because you're not making traction, like let's say you're trying on Instagram and maybe you don't have, maybe Instagram's not your platform. You haven't put a lot of effort. You don't have a lot of, um, you know, engaged followers just because it hasn't been your focus. Don't scrap your freebie because all of a sudden you put it out there and you're getting crickets. Like it doesn't mean the freebie or your list building strategy is no good. It just means that maybe you need to do a little bit more back work to kind of prime your Instagram audience before you had even a free offer for them. Preach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then some other strategies, you know, it, it's not always just giving out a free resource. A lot of times it, it is, but it just has a little bit of a different layer to it. So something like a gated content upgrade is what I like to call it. So imagine you are going on Facebook or Instagram live and you give a great quick 20 minute tutorial, you answer some questions. And then at the end, you know, you've already re, you've already pre-created a worksheet that takes this deeper or just takes them through exactly what you audibly said. Most people are driving or listening while they're washing dishes and they're not actually able to take notes and say, Hey, visit this URL and download the worksheet to, that accompanies what I just said. So, and you hear people do that all the time on podcasts, for example, it's, you know, head to this URL backslash me and e that equals something to help you with what I just trained you on. Right. Um, yeah. And back to Facebook a little bit, but with Facebook groups, if you were to have your own Facebook group and build a community, you have three approval questions when somebody wants to join that community. And within there, you can say, would you like to join my email list? And if so, what is the email? And that can be one of your three questions, just double whammy it. And they can say, yes, sarahjones at gmail.com. And automatically you then have a new subscriber through building a community. And now they're going to get nurtured in your Facebook community and already have access to every post and video that's been in there while also being nurtured on your email sequence. Right. So that's a great way. Mm -hmm. Um, expanded blog posts. So think of this as almost like your play next episode on Netflix where you just help, but binge something that you love. Um, so write out like one epic blog post that is just massive that you would totally overwhelm somebody with pick your zone of genius. It's something, you know, like the back of your hand that you could write a book about and just sit down brain dump out this massive blog post and then say, chop it into three pieces. So you've got the first, the second, and the third, that content loop to each other. So want to continue reading about these four additional factors, click here for the next post, click here for the next post. Right. Now they're going down this rabbit hole of content with you, but at every different stop within this epic blog post, you can do little hyperlinks out to freebies that accommodate what you're talking about or a company. And um, at the end of every single one, you can always have, and you know, before you go to the next blog post, if you want to learn more about this faster, I put this into a video series, enter your email here. So you, yes, you could do this to any blog post, but if you get them in the mindset of just devouring the content in your loop, they're going to be so much more apt to want to opt into your email list. Right. I love that idea too, because again, going back to how much content, like we're getting, we're getting served every single day. Like if you break it down, like one epic topic, one epic blog post into smaller bite-sized chunks, 
and then giving people those digestible but digestible bits to yeah. go through then it does something about like psychologically like you're reading the same amount of material but it seems like you're you're turning the page so to speak faster so you're making progress it ticks this box of like look at all that I'm doing and and it's easier to to absorb I think as a reader and then even just getting on an email list for a video series or something sometimes I do that just to bookmark things like oh I want to like if they email it to me, then I basically have it. I don't have to like search it down later. Yeah, that's very well said. And it's that people do want to hear from you, the easier that you make it and the more bite-sized and again, Netflix click play next, just auto scrolling into the next episode or leaving them on a cliffhanger, the more that they're going to want to keep coming back for it, make it digestible. Right. Um, I have three more ideas. So yeah. Yeah. The first one is, so this one is much more proactive. The next, um, the next three are much more proactive. So put your creative hat on for these. The first one is to do a custom free audit for someone that is your ideal client. And yeah, it might be a little pushy, but if you phrase it in a very relationship based way, um, they might be extraordinarily open to the feedback that you just provided. So imagine going to somebody that you would ultimately love to have in your email list because they are an ideal client that you would love to nurture and convert down the road. So you find them, you do say you're in social media. So you do an audit of Instagram profile and you reach out and you say, Hey, this is what I do. I absolutely love what you're doing. I see a few key areas for improvement and I had some time today. So I thought I'd shoot you some quick notes. I hope these are well received and then let them just engage with you from there. Don't automatically end it with, and with that said, join my email list. Cause that's kind of a weird transition. <laughs> um, but you've already shown them so much value and they're like, wow, okay, let, let me let my ego go for a second. Read this message. That's actually really helpful feedback. Thank you so much. And then from there, you guys build a relationship and you say, hey, I actually get out tons of free content like this on my email list. Do you want me to throw you on there? And I'll you know, immediately send you three new free resources. And they're like, sure, thanks so much. Yeah. Um, that is a great way to do that versus you see a lot of times taking Instagram, for example, where people come into the DMs with a, they either have an automated email sent out or a message that immediately thanks somebody for joining or says like, here's my free thing. And that just, I think for most of us puts a bad taste in our mouths because not that I'm going to turn my nose up at somebody using marketing materials or softwares and being proactive and thanking people for following, but it just is ungenuine because people know that that was sent by a bot. So you, any other time you write to them from there, they already are like, is this you or is this your bot? And if it's you, why didn't you just do this off the bat? So you just want to make sure that you're always leading with that relationship, always leading with value before you even look at something that could turn into a conversion. Yeah. That even goes back to like the whole concept of, of your customer really knows far less about you than you think. Like I remember when our profile on Instagram still had my sister and I listed because we're the two behind the global creator studio and no one ever knew if they were talking to Amy or Katie or, you know, and it was really confusing. So we're like, okay, let's simplify this. And you know, that's just like little things that was like any bit of confusion is enough to like make it feel like too much work for somebody. Mm -hmm. so yeah. Is it a bot? Is this actually me or in a bot? Like when you, like you said, we know when they're not, actual genuine messages from a person. And those are, even if you want to, like you understand they're using a marketing tool and you get it, but those become not, they become really easy to say, I'll answer later, which means they're never going to get answered. So like you're, if you're putting in the effort to write these messages, pay for these bots and things like that, 
but you're actually not inspiring anybody to take immediate action when you reach out to them. Like, is that even worth it? Right. And everybody's inundated. So how are you going to show your unique brilliance in a way that's going to coach a conversion? Right. Right. Okay. The next one's a little radical. So imagine (laughs) if you have um, a course or a program, a coach, somebody you want to hire or buy a digital product from, and they are, you know, obviously you look up to them and you want to learn more about what they're teaching and they are similar in um, category to the niche that you're in, but probably either a couple steps ahead of you, or they are just a little bit different than what you're doing, but something that's going to grow your personal development to help your clients. So you are already going to invest in this course. Now imagine if you invest in this course and you just take so many notes and you have all the feedback and you absolutely love it and you Instagram um, document your entire journey and you get back to them afterwards and or throughout the time and just say, hey, I shouted you out 17 times. This thing was awesome. I have some feedback about how it could be a little bit better. And here is a testimonial for me about how you gave, got me this result and changed my life. They are going to be like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. That's what every course creator needs are those testimonials, that feedback and that promotion on social. So you gave it to them without them asking for it. And now you guys have a really fluid conversation because they're going to be more grateful to you than you realize. And so from there, as you guys start talking, you can just, you hope that they say something along the lines of how could I support you? But if they don't offer that, you just want to say, Hey, I actually, it would mean so much to me if you were to send out this, you know, in your email sequence about your course, you could totally use me as an example, use my name, use this, that, and the other, but it would mean the world to me if you would just link out to my Instagram. Just make sure that it's linkable to me. And then in your Instagram and your link in bio, you have your freebie that leads to that landing page, or maybe they lead to your website, wherever it is that you can actually get somebody onto your list. You are taught, let's just take the example of somebody who's a couple steps ahead of you in business and you took their course. You are reaching out to their entire audience and getting your ideal client's eyes on your your page, your property, your course, whatever that is. Right. That's like press. It was the same concept of like why we appear on podcasts, why we launch podcasts, why we get in, want to get in magazines or featured on blogs. Like it's all, I mean, I like to look at it as like just one big sharing party. Like yeah. I don't ever want to be like, oh, well, you know, this person's technically competition and I'm not going to give them a shout out or something like that. I want to keep them hidden. Like there's no fun. And that is such a draining energy to have in your business operations. And hopefully if you've already bought into somebody's course, like you're a customer of theirs. And like, if there's a way to mutually support people and lift everybody up, then those are the type of people you want to work with anyways. And I think that's a brilliant idea to be able to mutually um, help each other out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if, some, if you do promote somebody similar to you and then somebody that was a lead goes over to them and converts on their program, then they were not your exact person. Right. And you guys would not have had a as kismet of a journey together. You would not have been able to get them the results because they didn't resonate with you like they did with her, for example. And there will be six other women that are going to replace that one that are your exact people when she's now kind of out of your energetic way and these other people are able to come in and you have the time and the energy to focus on them and nurture them. Right. Yeah. It's that scarcity mindset of like, there's only, let's say there's 10 clients to go around and we all have to get our pieces of the pie, so to speak. But really, like you said, like I, I'm always more than happy to be like, Hey, I think so-and-so would be a good fit. You know? Cause I always feel like whatever you give is going to come back to you and me being stingy is not going to serve anybody. It's certainly not helping the client. They're not going to get the best 
solution to their problem available. I'm probably, if they're not aligned with what I actually is my zone of genius and help, I'm not going to enjoy it as much. And you lose out on making maybe a really good friendship with somebody you really admire or collaborate with or something like that. Like there's just a lot of positives that can come out of being willing to share and help other people promote as well. And, you know, everybody build their list, build their audience, build their influence and help more people because that's really at the core of it. Like, you know, it's not just a greed thing of I want more clients, more money, scale, scale, scale. Like you do that so that you can have greater impact so that you can help more. Like I know we work with women. So more women that are just starting out in business, like giving people a light at the end of the tunnel and leading as an example and not viewing everybody as competition. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, everybody asks, you know, I, I want to get started in entrepreneurship, such a saturated market. And it's, First off, it's not. That's a whole different story. But if it's a saturated market of coaches, for example, then it's probably a triply saturated market of potential clients. There, right. Like you said, there's people to go around. There are hundreds and you will find your exact people when you show up authentically as yourself. So basically, like you said, moral of the story with some clapping hand emojis in between is don't be stingy. <laughs> Just relationship. It always makes me laugh because I, I use this example a lot. But when somebody comes out of like an undergrad degree and they say they want to be a teacher like at elementary school level let's say no one turns around to them and says well there's already so many teachers in the world that's you know good luck and then if somebody says oh I want to specialize in teaching you know I want to teach history to second graders or whatever middle schoolers no one tells them it's a saturated market or they're too niche down everyone's like yeah okay cool go do it like it doesn't even enter people's minds that there's too many teachers in the world Usually people say, good, there's not enough teachers. We need more education. So I think it's just a belief system that people have. Of it, it, it's an excuse. It's too saturated. I can't do it. What's the point? Um, coaching, there's too many coaches now that seem to be popping up everywhere. So I'm going to pivot and try to do this when really like just like doubling down on that commitment and getting through the shitty part, the hard part of just getting started then you can get through and be like, oh, okay, actually, I only needed five clients. And there's certainly five people in this internet world that I can help. Right. You know? And if and you, it, like yeah. you needed 10, then you might need to up your pricing. Like, exactly. let's just what that is. And, and snowball effect, build your business from there. We don't need to be stressed about the people. And that's, I have to steal that uh, teacher metaphor from you because that is so accurate. We are teaching. We're teaching other people. And you would not say that to somebody who wants to become a school teacher. That's never. Yeah. It wouldn't even cross your mind. Like, never mind even say it. Like, it would not even cross your mind. Yep. You would just be so immediately proud of that person. And like, oh, absolutely. You'd be perfect at that. I love that. You're going to help so many people. I don't even have a second. Right. And then they go and do it. And like, okay, they might not end up in the first school they want. You know, again, like, just like clients, it'll take them a little while to find the right fit. but you know, to tie it back to an email list or, you know, follower count, like they don't need a million schools that are willing to hire them or a million students. Like they will find their perfect fit and be able to build their career on that once they, they, they find that alignment. So again, like you don't need a thousand subscribers on your email list in order to start helping people and making sales. Like it's certainly helps to, I mean, you can't hide and have zero subscribers, but I know we're going to talk about this as well, but like getting those initial people interested and then really focusing on that relationship building and nurturing. 
Yeah. Yeah. We, I've got one more thing and then I can jump right into that. Yeah, of course. Um, in the last one, it's nothing that I would assume a lot of your listeners haven't heard before, but just taking the time to actually put this together can be daunting. And so I think a lot of times we overlook some of our more obvious strategies because it's just, all right, which tech do I use and how do I actually show up for that? So it is hosting a free workshop and or a webinar that requires an email for entry. And then even from there has a gated content upgrade for them to get into a specific segmented section of your list. Um, but you just want to... We're all like, oh yeah, host a webinar. I know about that strategy. But when is the last time that you actually upgraded your Zoom account to the pro so you can do webinars and you said, hey, I'm going to be hosting one on the third Thursday of every month about this topic. Here's where you opt into it. And then, you know, did your outline, but maybe made some webinar slides and gave away a gift on the webinar and actually um, sold a little bit at the end of it if that was right for your audience at that time. So just taking the time to sit down and be like, you know what, I do need to actually deploy one of these strategies and just stop uh, binge eating different educational ideas. Sometimes you just need to put those horse blinders on and say, okay, I'm going to do these three things for 30 days and allow that to really amplify what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. Yes, I say, you know, get in the trenches and that's like, you're going to figure out the how along the way. And I love that you say, you know, focus on either one or three strategies. Like launching a webinar can be a strategy all in itself, like for building an email list. So not taking all of your suggestions and being like, okay, I'm going to implement this one this week and that one next week and so on and so forth, because you're going to end up spinning in circles, feeling overwhelmed, and then you're going to continue to find proof that, oh, this doesn't work for me. When totally. really you're just trying to do too many things at once. Exactly. And it, yeah, if you're doing the audit and the, taking the course and hosting a webinar and trying the six, seven things that I just suggested, you are going to get resentful of the work itself. And then you are going to be so close to your chest with every single person that subscribes because you feel like you are killing yourself to get them. And God forbid that they unsubscribe. Like what's going to happen to you? Yeah. yeah. And it literally is your blood, sweat, and tears at that point because you're running around doing the work of what, like, in a company, a team would be executing. And Absolutely. yeah, we, I think we falsely assume that the more we do, as in the more different types of strategies we employ, the more like, we're going to have greater influence. We're going to, people are going to see us more places. It's going to look like we're everywhere. And, and when really, if we can just narrow our focus and really follow through with one commitment, like, you're going to get so much farther than like half committing to six or seven strategies. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, so kind of on to when we onboard and nurture them, that really, again, back to relationships, you want to train your subscribers to know that when an email from you comes, there is value in it and you are not just using them as hopeful sales for every new thing you do. So to do this, you want to have everything pre set up and pre-written so that you're not doing any of this in real time. I would sit down and just outline, say, when you have a new subscriber, you want them to receive four emails after they get their freebie. So five in total from you within this welcoming sequence. You outline what the topic will be and then sit down and just write those emails out. And I always say, I know it's easy to write and then want to put it into your software and get it scheduled, but just write them in one swoop and then schedule them in the second swoop. That way you kind of optimize your time. So as far as onboarding goes, you want to say, here's your free thing, and that's it. You don't really want to distract too much. You can say, thank you for joining the list. We're going to have some fun together. Stay tuned for future emails. But they just want their free thing. Don't put anything else in there. And then I always say, follow up the next day. So schedule for 24 hours later where you do a bit of an introduction about yourself. And introducing yourself is always, this is 
2% of me, but 98% of how I actually can help you. So yeah. you, you know, throw in a fun fact, talk about what your business or you do, but this is the result that you get for clients, i.e. this is how I could help you. And then, you know, that is no more than three, four sentences before you say, hey, by the way, here's additional resources or free stuff or ways to hang out with me so that you can continue to grow in these, this niche or category that you're clearly interested in. And then from there, you know, make it the next day or two days later, you just kind of want to stay omnipresent top of mind with them for that first week. You go ahead and you send them um, maybe just an educational, almost blog style email for the third one. And then on the fourth one, perhaps this is you want to do a discovery call. You want to coach them into opting in for something else to see if they're interested so you can get them on other segments of your list. Offer, you know, hey, if, if this is really resonating with you on this fourth email, Maybe you want to fill out this form to do a discovery call or, Hey, if you're liking this, I think you might like this. And here you, here it is to go ahead and add yourself to that list. So you have just introduced, welcomed, provided free value, introduced yourself, given more value written to them in, in regular blog post form, and then given them a potential call to action. And that's your welcome sequence and leave it at that. But from there, um, you kind of want to, so let me pause there and say regularly you want to be nurturing your list. And what we mean by that is just providing regular, consistent free value, just like you would on social media where you're going to, you know, post kind of a long form copy about an idea about the industry or confidence or having them go and take action. Now you could send them something like that, or you're giving out tips and trainings and resources. You're educating, you're inspiring all of that you want to do to your email list as well, but just with different content because most likely they found you through social media. So they are still engaged with you there and you want to give them something extra special an additional nugget or a deeper dive on the email list. So regularly interacting with them, those can be pre-set up nurture sequences, or that can be as simple as a weekly newsletter that you send out with like, tools and tips of the week, upcoming free trainings, um, ways to just further their education and hang out with you more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, just continuing to build that relationship with them before you start segmenting. And I know I've said segment a couple times, so let me explain that. Within your list, you typically, it's called segment or tag. You can go ahead and pack on a little let's think of an actual tag or a sticker onto a subscriber to say, this person is interested in this sticker, this sticker, and this sticker. So now I know when I want to talk about sticker number one's topic, I'm going to send it all to the people who are tagged with that because they've interacted with my content in a way that applied the tag to them. So for just kind of a a step-by-step on the logistics, you would go into your software and you would say, if somebody clicks the link to buy this or opt into this free additional resource, which is about, um, let's take the social media manager example. So they opted in to get free resources about Instagram. And now I want to talk to them a little bit more about Facebook advertising. So when they, if they click this link and opt into it, I'm going to tag them with the Facebook advertising tag that I pre-set up. And so now when I send out my Facebook advertising mini course, that's $97 and has four modules in it, I'm only going to talk to the people who clicked on links, opted in for things and got that tag. Right. So as far as selling goes, a lot of people, um, the norm, the, you know, 70% of the time should just be onboarding, welcoming and nurturing because when you are wanting to sell, you typically are not going to send out an at all blanket to your entire list email. You are going to be segmenting and then talking specifically to those 50 people who are on your Facebook ads tag. And that makes it so much simpler to sell and it makes you feel less, you know, kind of weird about it. If that's what's happening where you're just sending out this, like, please buy my thing email into the ether, hoping that people don't unsubscribe and think that you're, uh, 
a douche, essentially, you know, I actually appreciate what you're doing. And thank you, because I know you take care of me so much so that when you do tell me something, I'm actually really interested in it. And you do it intermittently to where it's just going to help me. And I I would have wanted to know about this anyways, because if I saw people then posting on social media and you, you know, kind of resharing their story shout outs on your Instagram, I'd be like, hey, where was that course? And how come I didn't know about it? So you just, you want to take care of them and you want to know them well enough so that when you have something to pitch, it is catered to them. Right. Yeah. I kind of feel like the whole idea of segmentation is like, makes me think of the catacombs in Paris. Like they're underground and like, it's like a choose your own adventure. Like you walk in and you're like, oh, wait, do I turn right? Do I turn left? And like all these other like underground labyrinths that you can guide people down based on like what they're and where they want to be in the end. And, you know, Again, like the only way you're going to know that is by asking them along the way so that they can, in email, you know, example, opt in to X topic or, you know, let them know or let you know their interests so that you can serve them with the right content instead of just having this master list and then just guessing like, well, I think because they came to me from this freebie that they want to know more about this. But if you have a hundred people on your list, you might have a hundred different answers of what they actually want help with next. So yes. Can structure. Yeah. Can we just say that you are the queen of metaphors? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a visual person. So like I always bring it back to like something I can actually visualize. Yes. That was the absolute perfect example of email sequencing, segmenting and tagging the Paris catacombs. Yes. <laughs> yep, yep. You know, just a bunch of skull and bones set up in pretty ways. And you like, kind of go, Oh, this looks intriguing. I don't know what's down there, but I want to go find out. <laughs> and that's a great example. You know, if you have just a hundred people, you can always send out a survey. If you if you know you're going to start talking about these two different categories that yeah relate to your overarching brand pillar, but you know they're very different and they're very specific. Send an email and be like, hey, which one are you more interested in? And then you can apply tags from there. Um, and maybe it's as simple as click here if you want to know topic A, and click here if you want to know topic B, and that click automatically tags them. Boom, done. Now you know exactly who you're talking to, and you can cater it from there in your yeah. catacombs. Automatic tagging, like any automations you can get on this back end, guys, it's going to make your life so much easier. Yes. Um, and with that, I kind of, I want to talk a little bit about if somebody isn't just kind of regularly nurturing and eventually selling with something, if you've got something that you want to promote and sell right now, you're going to go into launch mode. Let's say you're following a traditional model where you're going to do a webinar, you know, you're going to post about it to get them on a webinar and on the webinar, you're going to sell at the end. Um, if they do not buy at that time and they fall into an email sequence from there, you then want to be already prepared with say seven to 10 emails in that follow-up sequence because people who actually came and attended a webinar and or watched the replay link are really plugged in and interested to what it is that you're selling. They're just sitting on the fence. So don't feel like it is too much for you to hit them seven times, 10 times in one week. They need that. And with that, I would just say that those emails are packed with creative different ways for you to pitch the same program kind of in different words, tons of testimonials that are shown, showing results, and then clear conversion links so that they know what to click and how to actually buy. Um, a really great way from a marketing perspective to coach that conversion is to implement a fast action bonus. So when you're say 65, 70% of the way through the sequence and somebody hasn't converted yet, go ahead and hit them with, hey, for 24 or 48 hours only, here is an additional bonus freebie that's going to get tacked on if you purchase right now. And if they're, if you're doing a fast action bonus, hit them again with a reminder, hit them with a, you know, we're 24 hours out, hit them with it's a now ending so that they know because 
a lot of times you will see the biggest conversion spike in your sixth email when you hit them with a fast action bonus. So in between email six and 10, when they, you force them under deadline to buy, they will. Because continued education, first off, if somebody desperately needs something, they're probably the person that bought off the bat, that got the early bird, bought it on the webinar. Everybody else is interested, but you know, there's a lot of bills and things to do in the world. So buying an online educational course, for example, isn't always top priority. You have to help them know that this, that they need this, sell the results, sell the lifestyle solution, and then give them that time crunch so that they have to just pull out their wallet and do it. Stop them from thinking about it because if we will all overthink and never make a decision until it hurts enough and we need it desperately, or we have some sense of FOMO, for example. Right. And yeah, and I would just, (laughs) yes, exactly. Perfect example. Um, A quick tip within this is just to remember from a tech perspective, and you know, if you have any questions on this, you can always reach out to either one of us, I'm sure, or Google it, but I am so, so serious about this. If you have somebody in a sales sequence and they buy, you need to make sure that the tech is set up appropriately, that them converting takes them out of the continuation of the sales pitch on the email. Because if that doesn't happen and you keep pitching them, A, it's going to look bad and they're already going to they might have invested $500 with you and they might now be regretting that and you never want that to happen. And B, if they convert before the fast action bonus comes out, you're going to have tons of people following up with you. Like I want the freebie. I want the bonus. I want more, more, more. Um, and that just really puts a weird taste in anybody's mouth to start off that journey together once they've given you money digitally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that, I mean, it sounds, I mean, anybody who's gone through a launch knows that there is a lot of moving parts. So, um, it doesn't have to be super sophisticated to start, like, especially let's say if you're selling one-on-one services and yeah, like building a fancy launch machine is not the difference maker between whether or not you're going to get your first sales or not. So these are all amazing tips and they, but they don't have to be implemented at a massive scale. So I don't want anybody to feel like, Oh my God, I've got to like, in order to get my first client, I've got to do this, this, and that, and the other thing. But these are incredible insights to know. So that next time you do set something up, you know how to set it up correctly right from the beginning. And you're not trying to clean up a list of, let's say 250 or 500 people. All of a sudden you want to do this launch. You're like, okay, I got to figure out where everybody's coming from, what people have bought with me. Like if you've got to clean up your list, like you've just added so much to your plate before you've even started. So implement these quick and early and then always know that you can add more complexity and build on the foundations as long as those foundations are solid and you've got your tagging set up and you've got your ideas on how you're going to nurture like the different speeds at which people make decisions so that you don't have to go back and fix it later. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that. I never want somebody to feel like uh, something super overwhelming and daunting. Um, but you know, your audience is, is multi-passionate and a wide swath of entrepreneurs with different journeys in their lives, in their entrepreneurial business lives. <laughs> um, and so if you are at the beginning, then make it a simple freebie and have a welcome sequence. And that's all you need to focus on right now. See how that goes and build on, on it from there. And if you are already moving and shaking with different gated content upgrades and freebies, just make sure that the follow-up sequences are all batched and queued. And if you're going to launch something, there's your tip, you know, a couple sentences ago for that. Um, but don't feel like you need to create this master beautiful mind spider web before you actually start building your list. 
don't worry. If I bet it could be something that it will be easy for someone to say, Oh, I, before I make my freebie or before I put it out there, I need to build this whole back end structure when mm-hmm. really like, unless again, unless you're in like major launch mode and you're actually doing a webinar campaign to open the doors for something, whether it's one-on-one services or a course or a group program, like to get started, it is just come up with a value add that somebody would be willing to give you your email, their email for, and start to build that relationship and then add on the other parts as, as you need to. But now you know exactly what to, like basically the ideas, I always call it an ideas bank, like write it all down in the ideas bank. You can deposit ideas at any time and withdraw as needed. So you can go back, take notes on this, withdraw the next idea, the next strategy that you want to test for the next big, you know, effort that sales effort that you make and see how you go and, and yeah, make sure that all those moving parts are playing together nicely. She's at it again, folks. <laughs> I called it, it's the art background, fine art background. Everything was always like very visual. So that's how I think. I think it's, so good. it's like I'm explaining things in this technical way that people can't see. And then you come in with the perfect like one, two punch example. So they're like, oh, I love it. What a combo. Yeah, like I love being able to have, especially you with all your marketing expertise, like come in, hit them with the hardcore. Like these are the things that need to happen. And then, yeah, I just use some sort of analogy. I get it from my mother. She does the same thing. <laughs> She's so good at explaining things. And um, yeah, I think that email marketing is one of those things that it can feel a bit daunting, like especially if you're just starting out and you have no idea. Like, I think a lot of it's the, the mental block of like, what do I have a value that somebody would want? Mm-hmm. And if you can get past that, like shyness or the insecurity and self-doubt, because that actually guys, I'm going to disappoint you here, but that never goes away. We have self-doubt at every single level. So if you can just learn to take action in spite of the self-doubt, put a freebie out there. It might flop or it might do fantastic, or you might need to tweak it a little bit, but just start there. And at least that way you can say, Hey, look, I've got some data to look at. Like this is, this one seems to be hitting really well on Instagram. I'm not getting traction on Facebook, whatever. We'll deal with that later. But at least you have something to go off of instead of staying in that mental space. And then, you know, doing a whole bunch of research on MailChimp versus ConvertKit versus all the other platforms and like, but, and you feel productive, but you're not actually producing anything. Yeah, absolutely. And clarity follows action. So you can yeah. think and think and think yourself to death and learn and learn and learn. But until you actually go out and do it yourself, that's how you're going to actually see what your audience responds to and what kind of content flows from you more naturally, what ends up getting put down on your to-do list until the very end of the week. And then you're like, ah, crap, I still have to do that thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, clearly I, I like writing more than video. And so now that I know if I need to churn something out, I might need to just quickly produce it in written form and then add to it later. So you will just learn so much about yourself by getting in the trenches. Right, exactly. And just getting over that fear. And like, you just realize that it's not that big a deal. No one's going to die if you have a typo in your email or there's a typo in your freebie. Like it's not a big deal. None of it's a big deal. It's just one massive science experiment. And you're just playing with different variables. Absolutely. And if you want a really great example of how all this can be done with a lot of personality, get on Shannon's list. She's got a fantastic yeah. entertaining series, welcome series. So. Oh, thank you. That's so yeah. nice. Um, I do have, if you go to my Instagram, which is the social bungalow, I do have my link in bio is an opt-in to get a freebie, of course. So then you can kind of see all this in action. 
it is your daily marketing plan. So I have um, five, six things on there that you should do every day, the amount per day to do them for 30 days. Don't do anything else besides these things for 30 days and just see how that changes for you. And, you know, these are kind of tried and true things that I really, really believe in will move the needle no matter who you are and at what journey, what step in your um, business you are. So check that out uh, because a lot of times we just start introducing so many new strategies that we fall flat. And then on the flip side of that, we are like, which, I don't know which one's right for me and I feel paralyzed. So this is what you do, do it for a month and then let me know how that works for you. And of course you're going to fall into a nurture sequence. So then feel free to ask me any questions throughout. You can reply to those emails. Um, you can still the formula, you know, if you like the way that my follow-up sequence went and you know that on day two, I had this and day three, I had that and day four, I had that link. Boom. There you go. Now you've got it. Yeah, perfect. And we'll link to all of this in the show notes so that you guys, it's all easy. And, you know, from the, from the design background, that user experience, like make it all click away. So, um, yeah, this podcast is now publishing basically everywhere podcasts are available. And I always create an episode page on the Global Creator Studio website that has all the links on where to find the guests and any resources mentioned so that everything's nice and organized and um, ticks my box of <laughs> a little bit of OCD, but you know. That's okay. <laughs> We're really the best people. Yeah, yeah. We get things done. And that's where it's nice with for Katie and I to, to balance. Like Katie's our back-end operations email person, my sister and business partner. And then I do more of the front-facing. So again, like, you know, embracing two different roles and um, all the all the fun stuff that goes along with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you guys are killing it. I love what you're doing. I'm, oh, I'm so connected and um, that we're able to kind of multiply our impact and help for women um, in business because this is really being able to duality off of both of our very similar audiences. We've just completely doubled the you know exposure on everything we're sharing. So yeah, uh, the value everything, guys. This is why social media is not dead for actually making meaningful relationships and connections. So in spite of the dirty A word, the algorithm not getting your content seen, do not give up. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right, Shannon, thank you so much for joining me today. And um, I will, yeah, I'll link to everything in the show notes and we'll see you online. Thank you. Thanks so much. This was so fun. All right, guys, we'll talk to you next week. All right, everyone, if you enjoyed today's episode, then head on over to the Business Without Boundaries private Facebook group. This is a group that Katie and I created to connect with you, chat with you answer your questions, and generally foster a community of other on multi-passionate entrepreneurs who are getting it done. To join, go to facebook.com forward slash biz, B-I-Z, W-O boundaries, and answer the three questions that pop up when you click on join. And once you're in, then we can continue the conversation and um, get to know you better. We believe 100% in the power of community to connect, collaborate, and grow together, and we so look forward to seeing you there.